Ready? Hello and welcome to Rhythm and Pixels episode 17-5. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Pranil. Every week we hang out and listen to great video game music of all generations and and all consoles. And this week is no different. But It's not. Uh, no, no different. Pranil, it's the same thing every week. But I, I, <laughs> I wore a nice shirt and everything. I thought this was going to be the one. This is going to be the different episode. Well, this is the one. This week we have... Lame genie, but they won't be coming on until uh, towards the end of the episode. Oh, okay. In that case, I didn't waste this shirt. This was a valid shirt to yes. wear today. Actually, that's really nice. Is that a newer shirt? No, it's just a shirt I don't wear very often. Okay, well, it, or not. it looks good. It's one. Of, it's my gotta look debonair shirt. <laughs> I like like they were making visual like kind of jokes with each other, but there's no camera, there's no live stream. We're just like, hey, you look good today. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, shucks, you think? But like, yeah, like I wore this shirt today. Like, oh, do the show. And in addition to that, like I did the dumb thing. I mentioned you already knew this, obviously, because you guys kind of put me up to it. You didn't do I a joined, dumb thing. I, it's not a dumb thing. It's a yeah. It, well, we'll see. It's a new thing. I joined one of those kickboxing gym bobs. Between that mm-hmm. and uh, I bought a razor for a potential just clean shave attempt. Oh, that we'll reminds see. me. I got I got to show you some pictures. Anyway, go on. It's of a beard. It's a it's a picture of a beard. Don't worry about it. I'm about to say you're scaring me here. <laughs> here are the dangers of shaving your face with a with a razor. Oh, I did I did cut myself this morning. Um, pretty badly, Please. but it healed over lunch. See, that's why I get anxious. That's why I've avoided them for years. But oh, that's so it's so worth it, though. Pernell, look at this face. Baby silk. Look at this face. It's so worth it. <laughs> Baby smooth. <laughs> but like, we'll see. But like, I figured I'd buy it and just try it and see how I feel about it, and even consider trying it on my head too. Because quite frankly, I would if I could kill every hair follicle on my dome, I would do it in a heartbeat. <laughs> you get the um, not the wax. You get the laser. Yeah, laser it out, but I ain't swimming in. I'm not swimming in that Beverly Hills money. So. Yeah, that stuff. Yeah, that can be expensive. Oh yeah. Um, but no, yeah, razors like they, they make specific razors for your head too. That um, they attach to your finger, and so that you oh, can, so you just like zim zim. Yeah, you zim. can just like kind of zip over your face, your face zip over your head. I mean, well, if you're getting a little brazen, you want to get that you know <laughs> that Mad Max look going. It's like scratch. <laughs> if you want that Jason Voorhees look going, <laughs> dot 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 dot. It's oh, like puncturing boy. holes everywhere. But uh, doing those two things mm-hmm. and That's get, good. doing a little bit more on the review kick, like, I got to say, I think the game will be either out or coming out by the time this episode releases, so whatever I can say. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. An Let's unexpected wrap. game that I'll be, I'll be reviewing that I already started playing is called Baba Is You. It's a little puzzle game, and it's on Switch, and believe it or not, it's a simple game. You're just a sheep thing, and you push stuff and you're trying to get to the goal in every stage oh baba yeah like a baba sheep yeah baba sheep now here's the rub okay all the properties for the stage are contained on the level itself by way of two words being linked together by another word Mm. so like that like the title is called baba is you Every level I've played so far, there actually has a thing that says Baba in one block. The okay. next block says is, and the next block says you. If you separate those three things, you immediately die. 
<laughs> but there are also things like wall oh, okay. is like wall is solid. So as long as that's connected, you can't walk through walls. But if you separate, you can walk through walls. Oh, I want to try this. This sounds cool. It's a really cool idea. That's a idea. cool idea. Like there was one level I had to do where the goal, the usual thing is like flag is goal. Mm-hmm. So, but the goal was trapped behind skulls and skulls were death. <laughs> so what I decided to do was I worked throughout the puzzle to ultimately make it so that skulls were somehow the winning condition. Oh. And the flags were death. So I just touched any skull right. and ended the level. Purnell is smart. Smart. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Thereby is smart. And it's just you sneaky bastard. I'm I like you. that. But like it's such a good game. Like um I I'm enjoying it. Like it is so it feels so different. It starts simple and yet it works. Mm. It's amazing. So the episode will be out probably this Wednesday. But if you're hearing it here right now, I'm just saying you should buy Baba as you on the Switch. It's a it's a gem of a uh, game. That's a good recommendation. That sounds like a lot of fun. Um, so let's talk about our topic because it was kind of we're kind of winging it. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a total wing it, but that's total wing it. Okay. So lame genie, and we thought magical adventures. <laughs> yeah, because why not? And also, I, I love I love that the, the title is magical adventures with lame genie. <laughs> Just, I almost want to take another photo where like, like flying on like a magic carpet. Yeah, or we got we got to come up with some some good pictures. Or we're rubbing like a lamp, and they're like rocking out. You of come it. out, and we make you blue. No, let's not go that far. <laughs> I mean, how could I possibly top Will Smith? I mean, that guy nailed the genie look. I've, I've been asking that question for years, Pernell. How can I top Will Smith? Well, first of all, you need to, you need to get a dope aunt and uncle in the town called yeah. Bel Air, Maryland. I think I could beat Mike Tyson. <laughs> <laughs> we all think we can do things. <laughs> but unfortunately, <laughs> that punch to the face will tell you different. <laughs> all right, so let's let's start off with some music. You're, um, this is odd, and you're the odd one out. What are you trying to say? Sorry, you're the odd one in. In, Pernell. I'm the in. That's right. All right. Um, So I'm curious as to what direction you went with Magical Adventures. Well, I think the sound is going to end up doing more for it than anything, Mm. but I'll take my first track, this kick and solve, which is from the game Breath of Fire 4, and it's titled Men of War, and it's composed by Yoshino Aoki. Oh, awesome. Uh, She is the one who did the Battle Network music, Mega Man Battle Network. Boom. So, yeah, I'm really excited about this. Time for some joy. (laughs) But Men of War. Not man of war, but men, men of war. Men of war. There okay. is a man or men of war right now. A, a plural, multiple, lots of them. Multiple men's. Breath of fire, four, four of those, four breaths. <laughs> okay. One, two, three. All right, four. I'm done. <laughs> Welcome back. 
You're listening to Men of War from the game Breath of Fire 4, composed by Yoshino Aoki. And honestly, as much as I love this track, I'm not quite feeling the at-war vibe. The, the track does play during a particular battle, like, as a battle theme mm-hmm. throughout the game, so it is a battle theme, but it seems doesn't feel rowdy, doesn't feel violent, but it does sound awesome. Yeah, I love, I love, I spent this part right here with the flute, the flute instrumentation. It's really good. They did a, they did a fantastic job with this. Oh, Actually, she all, did a fantastic job with this track. Yeah, all the instruments are really cool. Um, yeah, I love the sitar. The sitar is really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like a little percussion that comes up uh, in this next, uh, this next section right here. In the next uh, bar. Here it comes. Do, do, do. It's so good. There it is. Man. I don't know. What, it's a, I think it's a gamelan. That's cool. That's really cool. And it I'm into because it. like after while picking this track, I actually decided I wanted to go back and look into this game because I never finished it. I played a lot of it, but it was one of those ones I just put down for something else and never returned. We're talking mm. many years ago, and my old save file still exists. My old 1990s save file. Do you know where the card is? Yeah, I looked it. I booted <laughs> it up. That's amazing. That's amazing. I would never find that stuff again. I'm sure if I if I, if I still had it around. Digging. Yeah, I'd have to do some digging, but I mean... You're like, I probably got rid of this. Yeah, I'm sure I have, but like, I don't know where to even begin looking for it, you know? But like, this game, it's... Aside from the fact that it's Breath of Fire, so it's already likely to be good, because mm-hmm. I love the series. It also is really unique in the fact that it's Statue of Limitations is up. You actually... Like, this battle theme plays for a second character that you control at certain points in the game, mm-hmm. it turns out to be the final boss, too. There's like a really cool story that weaves it together, but you also you basically are playing as the boss who ultimately is becoming the boss of the game. So it's uh it feels weird, I'll say, when that finally, when that revelation hits, you're like, oh crap! Why am I helping the Oh, because <laughs> the game the narrative wants me to control, but still it's like if I no, if I just let him die earlier on, I'd be great. Everything would have been perfect, but no. You yeah. had to you had to move it along. Oh, interesting. But this track is the is the the, the, the battle system, is it? How is it? Is it like a tactical thing, or is it turn-based? Oh, it's turn-based, though. One thing I like about it is this is one of the first games I can think of where you're able to, like, switch party members on the fly in mm. battle. Mm-hmm. So, like, you'd be like, hey, I feel as though Urshan, who was, like, a weird, like, mech with a girl inside that you never see in the game, but she's just inside piling the mech. Like, I don't want Urshan anymore. Now I want Momo to come out with her cannon on her own. Momo was from 3. But anyway, the point is, Nina, I'll say that. Let's just not so. talk about Momo. <laughs> Mo- uh, oh, God, that darn meme. It's it's not even a meme. It's a sculpture. Have you seen this thing? I only seen the weird face, and I know what his name oh, is, God, but I know nothing else. I, I, did, I had to do some reading on it, because I need... When I'm like when something terrifies me, I need I need to give it like context to put it in the real world, so that you can like oh it shouldn't scare me because here's yeah. all it's limited. Uh, it's a Japanese artist um, who wanted to create a sculpture that was just terrifying. Like what could she put together? Like what features could she change to make something as scary as possible? And it was this this weird crazy face that's all distorted and it's, it's got like it has that like weird a, narrow face. It's like it kind of comes down like yeah, this. and it has like a bird. It has like a bird body almost Ooh. too. The whole thing does. Um, but then she said uh, when they came back to the artist and they were like, "Hey, you know, all there's all these like rumors and people are starting some crazy stuff about it." And she says, "Oh, don't worry. Um, the the sculpture doesn't exist anymore. It's all rotted away. So I threw it out." And I was like, 
it rotted away. Yeah, that like, sounds kind of that thing made? That's terrifying. You made it out of old apple cores? <laughs> old apple cores. Like, but like, what? Oh, uh, uh, it's th- that image is like awful. My masterpiece has rotted. It's like um, if you if you think of like the uncanny valley of of um, like a android or a robot or a sculpture that's supposed to look human, mm-hmm. but doesn't quite. But it's so close that it just looks other. It looks alien. It looks malnourished. Yeah, it's like they took that to like a... We- she took it to a weird extreme of like... And she named it Momo. That's the other... Yeah, thing. it was called Momo. Or maybe maybe they just called it Momo. But yeah, Momo. Ugh. Of course, now like all it got me to do is start to reminisce about the great Momos of gaming. And I can only think of two. But hey, I made progress. There was <laughs> Momo from Project Justice. And yeah. there was Momo from Breath of Fire 3. Oh, okay. That's it. But there's probably other Momos. Project Justice Momo is the best because she was the evil little girl who hit people with a tennis racket. Yes. Love and that. she was my best character, so too. Oh, she was fun to play with. That's why. Mm-hmm. She was e- oh, it's not easy, but her moves were a little less complicated to pull off. Hey, hey, just because they weren't complicated doesn't I mean I ain't put some fire I, in them. I, I would say in a game where you can play as a synchronized swimmer doing swimming motions while walking around on flip-flops. But is he evil and cute? No, but it's... All e- right. I'm saying it's easier to understand how a person could hit somebody with a tennis racket than someone could hit somebody with flippers. I don't know. <laughs> that's you all just, I'm saying. That's some mean slappy you can do with flippers. It's like... Smack, yeah. How is that... He was going to do like a handstand? He did do a handstand. He did a handstand. And he would do the swim with the the, 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 the dog paddle. I and know. he would slap you with the fins. What a weird game. It was a perfect game. Oh, I love it that Capcom game. Capcom sleeping. So true. Street Fighter V. Rival schools <laughs> are just sitting there waiting for the people like me who like wacky fighters. Oh, yeah. But want to also throw down with some technical moves. Come on, Capcom. He would just throw them into Street yeah. Fighter V. Street Fighter V's got some weird costumes and, and characters and character like skins they've been putting out it's kind, of, it's kind of put me off for the record that bugs me too i haven't played that in a while you know how much sense it would have made for them to do something like that just take every rival school character or at least the hits and throw them in a street fighter 5 because at this point it's not they're not plot based they're just adding them for yeah. people to use in combat and also who owns these characters at this point like could could they just do it i they, don't know i bet they could i, I bet, bet they, they could because there's and some then, of the characters ended up in um capcom versus snk too yeah. yeah. So it's like once you put totally them in did. the game, they can be like, okay, they're all available, but heaven forbid someone's like, well, I don't want to have a tournament with the Rival Schools characters. Well, they can just have a dip switch or a switch in the game is like Street Fighter only, right. or Rival Schools right. only, or both. And you just play everybody. Mm. It's like Fighters Mega makes Reborn through Capcom. I think that'd be great. Pernell, let's write a letter. Pernell. I got a pen. Pernell, take the. Put the Dictation. Take, take this down, Pernell. Uh, dear Capcom, we I would know. like. What? I'm right now. Are you right? Are you, are you taking this down? Yes. <sighs> Sir Capcom? Yeah. I'm sorry to say. Uh-huh. I have to let Pernell go. Why? If you're looking for a game producer, <laughs> a, new, a, new, a new head writer, he's available now. I'm ready to go. Because I, I just can't take it anymore. His, His dictation dic- skills are terrible. Hey, hey. <laughs> you, were, you said some things. I drew a duck. I think I did my job. I the, I did my job. The duck only worked in context a few times. More than it should have. <laughs> well, he's an amazing duck. It's a pretty good duck. That's right. All right, you're back. <laughs> back on the team. All right. See, that's what I hope. This is the, the role I was born to play, baby. All right, so my first track is, is um, it's a magical adventure. It's from Gunbird 2. Electric Boogaloo? 
Um, Gumbert 2, uh, yeah, Electric Boogaloo. Although it did not come suggested from listener Electric Boogaloo. Uh-huh. Um, I, this came to mind because I actually recently sold my copy. Mm-hmm. This is for the Dreamcast. This song is called High Speed Reactions, and it's stage four, The Sea of Clouds. And it's composed by, or this track one, this one track is composed by Masaki Izutani. Izutani. Seven warriors are challenged to head on a quest to find three powerful elements of sun, moon, and stars. Whoever brings the elements to the potion god will be rewarded the legendary almighty potion and all its magical powers. How do you even carry those things? You know, this game is just a vertical shooter, and these stories never make any sense. I'll give you that. Like, hey, I found the moon. <laughs> just put this in my pocket and yeah. get the flying out. Whatever. Yeah, this is High Speed Reactions, Stage 4, The Sea of Clouds, from Gunbird 2, for the Sega Dreamcast, composed by Masaki Izutani. And yeah, I played this game so much, I don't remember any of the soundtrack. And I had to go back and listen to it, and I was like, oh yeah, okay. I was okay. going to say There's that too a lot much, of... too many sound effects going on in this game. Yeah, I feel like this, oh, with this particular track, coupled with how much explosions I'm sure we're playing in this. And you may have even had like the dip the switches set the the sound effects being louder than the music. Maybe, maybe. All that combining is like, well, you're too busy blowing stuff up to note the music yeah. in the background. That, that's a pet peeve of mine on a, a lot of modern games too, where if you go to play, there's no like a volume adjustment on sound effects and music. Because like what maybe on your television or on your speaker system may sound more balanced on mine, like maybe the sound effects are louder for some reason because like it's just like the, the highs or the mids are louder than the lows. So being able to ch- adjust those makes me happy because almost every time I start a new game, I go into the menu and I look for sound effects and music and I turn the sound effects down just a little bit more, turn the music up a little bit higher because I want to... I want to hear the music more. That's actually an interesting thought too. Like, like do you do you ever do, do anything like that? Do? Yeah, so I was, I was thinking. Yeah. Like, I wonder how many people when they boot up a game, like, what is their ritual? Yeah, upon I, boot up. Because I have a feeling, like, especially on the Sega Dreamcast, like a lot of the games didn't have that. It was like either sound effects on or off, or not at all. Yeah, like yeah. for me, I was usually I'm usually default everything default unless I come to feel like something's off as I'm mm-hmm. playing it. Like. uh I'll boot it up, and maybe the sound will seem odd while I'm playing it. Then I'll mm. go adjust it, or I might realize, oh man, this is. I'm gonna go check this. I might even go check for a completely different. Oh. Like maybe check the difficulty options and realize there's lives. Or something. You're playing a 3D game. Do you? Do you? Do oh, invert special? it. You invert. I invert too. Got what, it. Invert. What is it like? Why? What? Why do I do that? I the, think of it like the nose. I think of it like a controlling of a, a, a flying a vehicle. plane. Yeah, you, you point tilt up. it back to tilt the nose up. Yeah, when it's not like that, I get so confused, and then. 
I feel like if I play for like five minutes with without the inverted y-axis, then I'm like, oh, okay, I can get the hang of this now. Oh, wait a minute, I, I can actually change the y-axis. I'll change it now. And then suddenly I'm confused again. <laughs> You've got to readjust. <laughs> oh, it's so strange. And some games don't even give you the option. You just have to accept that that's what they want. You yeah. can roll with it. I don't play those games. No, I'm kidding. I don't play a lot Not of 3D games. Not in my house! I don't play a lot of 3D games, but this track is pretty dope, you gotta say. I like the track, and it I've is, always liked the game, it too. It is soaring. I love that, that bass, that pick up on 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 So that's an odd thought I had, too, because I just, I caught myself saying this is a fun game. But then something hit me as well. I don't know why I thought this, but it just is. Is there a bad shmup? Is there bad shmups? Are there bad shmups? Yeah, because, like, I get... Like, there's a lot of good ones. Yeah, because I feel I feel like there's there's a I mean there's better like there's ones that are better than the rest. Uh, uh, maybe maybe I haven't given it enough time, but personally I'm not a big fan of Death Smiles. Wait, the god! I know, right? Oh my god! I love Death Smiles. Yeah, maybe that's especially when you slap black label on uh, that one, and uh, maybe it's like the horizontals the uh, games. But our our type I was never really big into, but I love Gradius. I'll give you that. Gradius I wasn't too it. big on our type either. Kind of slow, but um, but there's uh, um, there's an indie game. I'm not sure if it's been fully released yet called Zydonia that we played some music on the show before. Mm. That it's 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 horizontal and it looks amazing and sounds amazing. I need to look into that. <coughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, the music is fantastic. Now I want to go ahead and play Ordine. That was one that I used to play on the Turbo Yeah, yeah, Ordine. Yeah, yeah. I, I Actually, I played that on an emulator um, a few months back. Wacky shooters, man. They're the way. Super good. I right. still need to play through Harmful Park. I have that. Actually. Harmful <laughs> Park? Yes. I don't know the why it's called. You're, you're flying through an amusement park shooting things. They got some Harmful crazy park. But, like, a friend of mine gave me a copy, not a copy, he gave me an image of it on, like, a, a retro pod. I'm like, holy crap, it's a game called Harmful Park. I look at this, I was like, ooh, it's an amusement park shooter. That's up my alley. Oh, okay, okay. So it is an amusement park, but it's harmful. It's harmful. <laughs> it's it's a little worrisome. Could I call it, like, Danger Park? Danger, yeah. Park Shooter? Manic Park. That sounds awful. All right. Bang Bang Park. Bang Bang Park. Or, um... Pew uh, Pew Park. Pew Pew Park. Not to be confused with PP Park, <laughs> that is a bad place where kids go to get potty trained after they've clearly crossed the bar of five years old. That's what they call Disneyland after I've been there for a day. There you go, PP Park. Got some problems. All right, um, we're on to your uh, next track. Okay, this is an interesting one because I like all these tracks. Yeah, you you picked a whole bunch. I'm like, you got you got to decide on one. Yeah, I think I'm gonna <laughs> go with this one, and then I'll just go to the. Eh. It's hard because they're both good, but one is like magical. Well, magical. <laughs> Neither are truly magical, but they're both adventurous. All right, I know what I'll do. I know what I'll do. All right, what I'll, is it? I'm going to go with R&R Junkie because it's an excuse to get it on the show, okay. and I'll, I'll spin it somehow. Anyway, the track itself is from the game <laughs> Phantom Brave. The track is titled R&R Junkie, and the composer is my man Tempe Sato.
welcome back. You're listening to the track R&R Junkie from the game Phantom Brave, composed by Tempe Sato. This is easily my favorite track in the entire game. I had three tracks picked for the episode from the game, and one or both of them will end up on the show someday. But for now, this is the guy that gets the chance to show him. All right, I, I love this track too, but, but why do you love it? Why, why is this one your favorite? It just... <laughs> it has this weird, like, desperado feel yeah, to it. Yeah, And uh, for, for the sure. context of the of the game, from the game's perspective, I feel like that game, though very sad in a lot of ways, is a magical adventure in its own right, because for those who don't know, the premise of Phantom Brave is that you are a girl who was kind of outcasted from her home and, meant to, and forced to live on an island all by herself with no friends because everyone sees her as being cursed. But the reality of it is, though, it, you make you pretty much figure out by the end of the game what her real situation is, but she's like sort of a clairvoyant. Hmm. She can speak to the dead. Oh. And her best friend is a dead knight who talks to her, who hangs out with her as a ghost. And uh, so the whole point of the game is like her trying to like make friends mm-hmm. and just try to find acceptance. Hmm. And it's a fantastic game, and it's got cool characters in it. And the, the way the gameplay works is cool, too, because you basically summon dead spirits. Okay, and then cool. You, and then yeah. you infuse them. Almost like a necromancer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's neat. You summon dead spirits, and you you, project, you basically you summon them into objects. Mm-hmm. So, like, you might see, like, a bush, like a, a plant on the ground. You want to put a knight, a dead knight spirit, into the plant. And when you do it, the plant, the plant now becomes a knight, and the knight gets stats based on what that object was. And then they get a certain amount of time where they're able to be alive before they go back to oh, dying. Oh, that's clever! Again. Very clever. Now, is is the theme of the game kind of westerny, like no. harmonica? Or is this just this one track? Though I will say that there is a particular character that I kind of get like a sort of desperado esque mm-hmm. feel to because he's like he's a guy who has like similar properties to her, namely Walnut. And he his is name, kind his of like a Walnut. Walnut. That's a great. That's a great. I would I would name a dog Walnut. <laughs> That's a great dog's name. All right, continue. <laughs> Just was thinking, like, here, Walnut. Here, Walnut. Woo! Well, like, Walnut is basically, like, a, a guy who has, like, a long... I remember, if I'm recording, he has, like, a long coat. It's mm-hmm. been years since I booted this up, but that's going to change real soon. But um, yeah, he basically has, like, a long yeah. coat, and he's kind of like a lone ranger who's mm-hmm. out doing his own thing for his own personal reasons. Like, he has a heart-wrenching story, too. But, um... This theme team tends to play when he's around, like battles that involve him or scenarios where he's a, a, a player in it. Mm. And his, his track just sings whenever he's on the field, like, oh, I'm ready to do it. I'm ready oh. to throw down the, get down the business. God, Ten- Tempe Sato is like a master. Yeah. He, like, his his soundtrack, his music for um, Disgaea mm-hmm. is um, incredible. Yes. And um, the fact that he can pivot to different styles, like something like this, because it's, it does have the kind of western y, like Desperado style, like you're talking about, mm-hmm. but it's still also like very kind of video gamey, sitcom y with the dun dun dun. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> like the rhythm and picture show, and it's like, hey, starring. And it's like, the guy, like, come on, like, pew pew pew, and I like, blow like the, the smoke off my head, like, Pernell! Pernell! Yeah! It's the. Bring them in Pixels Super Show. <laughs> and then Rob like jumps down with like his like like two records. Uh, Rob Nichols as the disc ninja. The or disc, the record ninja. No, the disco ninja. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but like so but yes, like basically from the from the game perspective, that's why I feel like it's got a magical sense, like oh, yeah. the description. But then I like, like it. from a like from the actual track sound, mm-hmm. again that desperado feel like I can picture like uh basically like a lone wanderer. 
searching for truth and some sort of prosperity yeah. out in the lone desert wilds, or maybe even just looking for some crazy magical treasure mm. loot. Well, towards the end of this 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 loop here, actually right here, this, this, sex, this last slack section right here is very adventurous. Yeah. It's kind of fun. It's kind of fun, almost a little silly, and then up to this point, yeah, it turns into, like, adventure. And then it loops over again. It's a really clever loop, too. Just, I hope everyone, I hope you enjoyed it, too. Oh, this man, is, I really liked it. I love when I get it. Okay, here's the topic of the episode. My chance to bring <laughs> this track out into the wild. Everyone get to hear it now. All right, so I'm, I'm going a little, little off script here. My track, not off script, but my track is from the game Outrunners for the Sega Genesis. It's a sequel to Outrun. So this is my magical adventure across the highways. Um, and I wasn't super familiar with the soundtrack, and I started listening to it today, and there's some real good stuff on there. Uh, I mean, obviously, with the, uh, the level of composers you have on the OutRun series. So this is called the Pacific Ocean Crossway Bridge. Oh. So I guess you're crossing the Pacific Ocean? or there's Via some, some sort of bridge. Or there's something on the Pacific that I just don't know about. A really long bridge. <laughs> yeah, but this is from the game OutRunners for the Sega Genesis, composed by Takanobu... Mitsuyoshi. Yeah. This is the Pacific Ocean Crossway Bridge from the game Outrunners for the Sega Genesis, composed by Takanobu Mitsuyoshi. And yeah, this is, aside from like the really like kind of loud, crunchy hi-hats and cymbals, like this track is all about like that real smooth, I don't know, cruising music. This track is a, this is a, this is a beautiful jam. And I think it's funny, like for as much, for as nice as the music in these games tends to sound, as much nice as it tends to sound across all of them, I always feel like they're such stressful games because you're always trying to like get that time extension. <laughs> they are. They really, really are. I, I, a couple months ago, there is a um, if you go to archive.org, the internet archive, mm-hmm. some, a lot of these arcade games, especially the Sega arcade games, have been archived into emulators through the browser and you can just turn them on and play them. Really? And so I was playing the original um, outrun arcade game in the in, in my browser and I was just going through it and I was like oh this is great I love this music and I love the artwork and then the colors it's like because it's really bright the game is a really brightly colored game and it is hard time extension <laughs> it's like time extension you are really really racing if you don't floor it I mean like absolutely perfect turn floor it at the very beginning you'll never make it or if you make that first time extension you'll never make it to the next which makes me wonder now I'm trying to wonder if they even actually say time extension in this game or they just give it to you I think they do say time extension or um, like time next or something but like it does that thing where like if you 
because there's branching paths within the game. Mm-hmm. So if you go off to the left, then you go off into this different section of like whatever like the motorway you're going to be on. And if you lose, it zooms out, and you can see all of the branching paths that you could see. Well, like how like, far you got, and where how you far you got, gone. and there's like eight more, nine more legs of the race. I'm like, I would never make it that far. <laughs> like, what the heck? And that's what makes me wonder. Is like, what is the secret? Because I've you, I've had races where I felt like I was doing a perfect yeah. run, and it was like, nope, not perfect enough, like, sucker. I, I have some theories. I think one is obviously memoriz- memorization. Mm-hmm. You got to know like when the turns are coming up, and this and that. Um, two, I think it's reaction time because you gotta, you have to go so fast that you can't really react to the cars coming at you sometimes or the cars you're trying to pass. Mm-hmm. So, and to go with the reaction time, I think it has to be playing in the arcade with an actual steering wheel because you can spin that steering wheel so much faster than you can like hold left on a controller. Yeah, but... But that is a fun game, man. Honestly, that's one of the best things about arcade racing that I wish I could. Well, I guess you kind of can at home if you get the right hardware. But people that, are that steering, into it. that that yeah. hard turning where you used to sit in the seat like Rrr, you're turning, <laughs> uh, you're turning right. And you're like it's almost like cart. It's like cartoon comical. Yeah. And the essence. There's and I feel a- like the picking of this track fits the adventure theme for sure too, because I feel like a, a solid, legitimate road trip. Mm-hmm. Is totally an adventure. I thought the magic I, comes from the experience. I thought our trip to um, Connecticut for Retro World last year was kind of an adventure. Oh, it was. I had so much fun. And you paid. You were all like tolls. I don't care about tolls. Whereas I'm like, here's the route to avoid these. <laughs> There's the adventure. We don't need to pay these tolls. You're like, no, I'm trying to get there. Man, you got time for no toll. Got time for this yeah. detour stuff. I mean, that's, that's a funny thing about us. Like, you, you, yeah, you like to be like, oh, how far out of my way can I drive to avoid this one toll? And I'm like, oh, I'll just go through it. But I always have to justify. I'm you always gotta, like, there's yeah. a there's something right here. The best cheese steaks in Hoboken. <laughs> and we just get off this exit and we turn here. It's like, it's 10 minutes out of the way. But yeah, but cheese steaks, yeah, You try to make the most of it. You got to. Yeah. There's a toll over here that we have where uh, it costs like four bucks each way. Now... There's a detour. It takes like five to ten minutes, usually like five minutes mm-hmm. though. And like This is the Maryland one, right? You know it is. Not Perry. Perry was like twelve. No, no Perryville's a crazy, nightmare stupid, toll. Stupid amount of money. Yes, but no, the four dollar one, yeah, yeah. That's like the stupid tax. You know, if you because it's so easy just to go around. But the thing about it is like, you generally don't. You'll be like, wanna go? I'm like, just go around. You're like, my wife ties for so, that. I so rarely go that way that I forget about it. I'll be in the car with Rob and he's driving. I'm like <laughs> Not even mentioning detours. I'm like everyone detours, and I was like, "Straight, like, what are you and doing?" I, I called like the stupid text. I, I forget every time. Like, I'm like, "Yeah, that's me." Well, that's I think it's like now, but your logic is. I mean, it's a general, understandable logic. You're like, "Well, I don't want to take the detour. I just want to get where we're going." Mm. And I'm like, "Well, if you go off, get off here. There's a Wawa. There's you can get some drinks, some gas, fill your tank up, and like it becomes a pit stop, <laughs> a logical, reasonable pit stop. You stop over here. My brother lives over here. My we cousins get some board games, some ride, to stop at the store." I probably got like an hour until we can no we can stop here <laughs> I gotta get some ramen I'm hungry yeah, there's a ramen shop we can do that yeah see nah there's no there's no there's nothing that nice in Elkton <laughs> not at all unfortunately there's like there's a Cracker Barrel oh god Cracker Barrel for me it reminds me of my grandpa because he loved the crack old people love Cracker Barrel they have <laughs> pixels. They're, Old people love Cracker Barrel. And they should. That food is bangers. You I, had I don't, fried I, catfish. I do not it's, agree. It's all southern. Everything's cooked in lard. No, oh, I do not agree. Oh, this is so good. Oh, man. Just take a bottle of hot sauce and just spill it all over the table. Because you're going to end up biting into the table when you're done anyway. We could be different and still be friends, but you're wrong. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. <laughs> 
<laughs> there's Golden Corral, which my brother likes. Yeah, I, I didn't know about it. I've ever seen one of those. I know I've seen an advertisement for one. I didn't know anything about it until he told me about us and all you can eat like southern cuisine joint. Oh, really? It's like, it's like I went there with him once. I was like, this is why I can't come back because if I want to mm. get fatter, I'll come to an all you can eat southern buffet. <laughs> oh, jeez. It's like, um, it's one of those things that you only really ever see if you're like driving on the highway at like a rest stop, like a Roy Rogers. On Sarah's Pancake House. Oh. Which I don't even think exists anymore. Yeah, uh, Nathan's hot dogs you don't really see around anymore. Because you used to only see them in, in like shopping malls, but like now there's no hardly any shopping malls around. I've only ever seen one actual Nathan's, mm-hmm. which and it's on the New Jersey Turnpike. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like, yeah, it's it's like on the New Jersey Turnpike at like one of those like rest stops, but not one of the nice ones. It's one of the one of the, the crummier ones, ones closer to Delaware. That's right. <laughs> yeah. And aside from that, the only other place I saw Nathan's fries, aside from the grocery freezer was at a cow door at the, you know, that was around the first time I saw like a, like a department store that had like the food at the exit. I, yeah, yeah. And they had Nathan's fries. And we would go to cow door cow specifically door. to get Nathan's fries because those things were ridiculously good. And so this is on your, on your way back from cow door, you stopped that blockbuster video. Oh no no no! West Coast video. West Coast video. West Coast video. So this is this is how this is how far back we're going. Oh yeah, Caldor is ancient. That's where I got Final Fantasy two. Oh wow, two meaning four. Yeah yeah yeah. And it was eighty bucks. Worth every penny Mm. though. I begged my mom to get it for me. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's cry about that now. You still you still have all these games, don't you? No, oh, not all. Because oh. this was this was back. Remember, I sold all the SNES games because I stupidly wanted a Saturn. Which, oh, in retrospect, great. the Saturn is good, but it wasn't worth all the games I sold to get it. Yeah. Um, and when I started repl- replacing games, mm-hmm. the Final Fantasy cards, for example, were two where I was like, they're not really worth replacing because they had re-releases. I yeah. could get them in other ways. Well, Final Fantasy Chronicles, was Chronicles or something? Was, yeah, the yeah, Chronicles on, and the Anthology. On the PlayStation. Yeah, they were, those were pretty good ports, I thought. I mean, that's how I experienced them. They were. The only complaint people really had was that they had load times when you went to the menus. I'm like, that's a small price, and now every game has load times, so whatever. Yeah, I mean, disc media... That's one of its drawbacks, which is why I'm like a huge fan of digital media because for all I don't want to wait, don't want to wait for tolls, don't want to wait for load times. But digital media has load times too; it's just shorter. It's just much shorter. But if you download it and it runs off of a solid state drive, like on the PlayStation, I mean, that's what you need to do. Maybe see if we all live in a solid state drive. Does your PS4 have a solid state drive? They all do, man. Mine doesn't. It should. Well, I replaced it. Oh, then it doesn't. <laughs> yes, yeah, see? So I'd likely replace it with a non-solid state drive. So you're telling me the original that it packed, came packed with was solid state? That's mine, yeah. I'm pretty sure. It certainly runs like it does. Time to look it up <laughs> on the power, on the magical, take a magical adventure on the internet. This is the uh, Purnell Google's Things Power Hour. <laughs> well, I'll do it on the next song. Yeah, we'll it's probably it better that way. All right, Purnell, we are on to your next track. What you got? Um, it is from a game that I don't talk about enough. But I'm going to bring it up today, because why not? Um, It is from the game Sonic and the Secret Rings. Hmm. And the track title is called High and Broken, composed by Fumi Kumatani. This is some good music. All right, let's listen to that one.
Welcome back. You're listening to High and Broken from the game Sonic and the Secret Rings, composed by Fumi Kumatani. You might be listening to this and asking yourself, why in the heck would this guy pick this for a theme of magical adventures? Uh, it's Sonic. Well, not just He's that. He's magical. He's got magic rings. Well, he, well, in this game in particular, he definitely has He's magic got ma- rings. He's got magic shoes. No, those shoes aren't mad. That's tech, man. It's got magic. It's gotta ma- be the shoes. Magic gloves. It's gotta be the shoes. Except the movie version, which apparently has no gloves. What the heck were they thinking? Is I the digress. Shoes? <laughs> it's it's gotta be the shoes. It's gotta be the shoes. Speedster. Hmm. But like this particular Sonic game, which along with Sonic and the Black Knight were heavily maligned, are uh, probably got the wrong word. But anyway, the point is, people hated them. Yeah, well, Milan's I think is it's good. <laughs> I think it's about right. And like they, they were considered what what Sega was trying to call the Sonic Storybook series, in which uh, case they put Sonic into like storybook environments and gave it a cool adventure. And so, the what's case, the secret rings? They were just rings of power that <laughs> Sonic had to find or to defeat a evil genie. Oh, is he going after the Infinity Gauntlet? In a sense, do yeah. we do we can we trust Sonic with that technology? Well, all he's going to do is make an infinite supply of the chili dogs. With I was going to say, mean, I was going to make a chili dog joke. I better believe it. <laughs> no, I, I love chili dogs. I love that Sonic loves them. Oh, uh, man, I got to tell you, there's something about, like, when Sonic went 3D, I, I kind of lost my taste for it. And then you and, like, a ridiculous number of other people. I know. And then there's, um, and then, the, but the music I was kind of off and on on. Mm-hmm. Some of this music is fantastic. Like, the, the tracks you picked from this game are amazing. Super cool. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, even though people can love or hate, as I tell you, people will love and hate the music because they'll be like, "Oh, all that butt rock or whatever." But to me, <laughs> I thought the music never stopped being good. It took a shift. Like, mm-hmm. it wasn't the typical like yeah, you're Sonic like, Three oh, type. It's stuff. just good in a different way. Exactly, right, yeah. it's just a different kind of good. Kind of, kind of left. It kind of left the realm of what my, where my tastes are for sure. Some of this stuff, like like this this stuff, I'm really into. It's much more um, driving. It's much more. I don't know, melodic. It's not like I hit my parents. <laughs> Sonic's fast, yeah. That's crush forty for you. No one believes me. Go to speed light. <laughs> but like, but the thing about it is, like, I was always one of those people that once they got into the groove of making these games, I still to this day feel like the 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 strength of Sonic, if done right, lies in the 3D, and that's because Sonic's whole premise mm. is to be fast. But a lot of people look at the classic Sonics for being what they were because of the platforming. Yeah, they weren't always fast. No, they almost never were. The only time they were fast is when they were set pieces designed to show you he's fast, and then they would slow down for the platforming. But with the 3D ones, like, the whole thing is about, like, how fast can you do this to this, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, like, if they did it to the point where they added, made them real platformers and designed them around the speed, Mm -hmm. they could do that because with the 3D being behind the back, or sort of, sort of top downish. You can see further ahead, right? Right. Which means you can handle it. You're not like you're not stuck to only seeing so far ahead of you in the um in the two D Genesis Sonic games, right? Yeah, because yeah. that was one of the biggest flaws. You end up going through like a crazy loop, especially in the later yeah. ones like Sonic but, Advance. Like you crash to, to that end, like you were mostly kept on tracks because you had to be. Because if you were able to move around all over the place, like in the Sonic Adventure games, it just got confusing. Yeah, and that's why the later 3D games, it worked perfectly because yeah. they made it so you could run and they had that thing where it was like sort of a track shift where you just jumped lanes. Yeah. So it was like, you, you, can, got, the, you got the momentum of Sonic, but you're not like trying your darns to keep them running mm-hmm. straight, which you had to do in Sonic Adventure. 
It's just he's shooting out. Oh, you yeah. You can make him jump. You can change lanes. And then when it actually got to the point where you didn't have to go so fast, you had more fluid, more range of motion. I can see why they did it. Totally. Like, it makes it makes so much sense. I still don't like it. <laughs> oh, no. I'm not saying I'm not saying like it or no. Yeah, yeah. It's but just like I feel like there's still room for it to grow. You're right. You're right. You're like, it's exactly how you described it. They sort of like grew into it. Like they've sort of they figured it out. There's like not like there's a formula, but they understand like how to make Sonic who he is. Yeah. Although the people making this new movie, I don't know if they're so sure. They have no idea what they're doing. They're which, is, which is depressing because yeah. it's not like Sonic has never existed outside of his games. He's no. had multiple cartoons. It's comic books. Comic books. There's tons of media that contains this character. He's been 3D in so many places. Yeah. yeah. And you're telling me you can't come up with a decent 3D version of Sonic, live action or not. That looks like cute and fuzzy. Because, I mean, I mean... But the thing is, Sonic isn't cute. He's not cute. He <laughs> is a... His whole like, his whole gimmick is he's a cool. Maybe that's like, what it is. Like you try to put him in the real world, and it's like, ugh, not, that shouldn't exist here. But they totally, honestly, I feel like they could have pretty much taken the current design of Sonic, changed the textures a bit. Mm-hmm. We could have made that work, and that would have been it. Because there's nothing else to do. The gu- you can't humanize <laughs> a freaking like upright speed right. of light running hedgehog. So my next track. Has I, nothing to do with news. I would love to see this humanized because oh. this, this, these characters always make me happy. This is Kirby's Dreamland oh. Three for the Super Nintendo. Now that's a magical adventure. Yeah. This is Ripple Field Three for the Super Nintendo, composed by Jun Ishikawa. is Ripple Field 3 from Kirby's Dreamland Kirby's Dreamland 3 for the Super Nintendo composed by Jun Ishikawa. Man, Kirby music always puts a smile to my face. It's just so much fun. It's a very happy-go-lucky yeah. wonderland of joy and animal friends. He's um especially 3. There's all sorts of animal friends in 3. I think that's one. I think that has more than any of the other Kirby games yeah. that introduce animal friends. I think so. Yeah, that's another one I recently played on an emulator and I was like, "Wow, there's a lot going on in this game." And again, it's super colorful, and this music, it's so clear and crisp, but it still has that Junichikawa, like, fun, like, kind of shuffly, kind of, almost like ska kind of rhythm. 
And it's kind of funny too when it comes to Kirby because like I like I've loved Kirby pretty much since I was a child. Like the very first Kirby Dreamland. Oh yeah, he's and been, adorable. And I've been playing him my entire life. Is he still he's still in Smash Brothers, right? Oh yeah. Oh good. They okay. had to nerf him like multiple times because <laughs> dude, he is clearly the best of them all. But um a listener Brian Pitt actually, he's a huge fan of Kirby as mm-hmm. well. And he generally likes to post pictures, like cool little animated sprites of the guy. But one thing I thought was funny that he posted recently was this odd thought that genuinely never clicked with me until he mentioned it, which is that Kirby games always start in wacky ways, like something childish, like Kirby was eating cake one day, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and then he went to sleep, and when he woke up, the cake was gone! Who stole it? <laughs> and so he's like off on an adventure to find who stole his cake. Right, right. And then at the end of the game, it's like, the devourer of souls, Dark Gygus, <laughs> has arisen from the from the Earth's core, and now Kirby has to fight him in order to eat his cake! It's like, what? And then later on, there was like artwork that people, some guy did to image to create images of what these <laughs> monsters would look like if they were like yeah. actually like what you'd expect them to look like these like gruesome monsters oh, they gotta be Kirby's like whoa right? Kirby lives in a nightmare world you know I mean he's he's kind of a monster himself but like it's crazy but like the way the way they draw these characters in this in this game they're so cute Yes, he, Kirby is by far one of the most broken protagonists in video game history. There's no denying it, no doubting it. <laughs> he can fly just by inhaling. Yeah. And he doesn't, there's no limit to it. Um, he's puffy like a rubber man, so he, yeah. oh, he can pretty much physical damage, he can just rebuff like it's like, nothing. I had, um, I had Kirby's Dreamland for the Game Boy when I was younger, and it was easy. Like, they give you everything. But, like, what made the game fun wasn't the difficulty in it. It was just the fact that you can do so many different things. And, like, I was like, oh, I can fly around and do this now. It just, it felt good. It felt good to play. And it had Lolo and Lala in it. But yeah. they added, they called them Lolo, Lolo and Lala, Lala. Oh, I don't remember reason. that at all. Yeah, I mean, they were already kind of weird names to begin with. <laughs> this is very true. But, um, but yeah, I, I liked how you finish the stage and, they, they, like, he breaks apart into three little Kirbys and they do a dance. I'm like, that's what I get for winning? They dance? And what a dance! I'm like, I'm cool with that. That's that's perfect. That's all I want. And the last boss, <laughs> yeah. you fight him in a wrestling ring because that's why right. not? Yeah, why not? Like, it's gonna be the fight for the belt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like just Kirby has always been like top dog, and then like the later games, he was like, now he eats things and steals their powers, and then later on after that, he was like, he eats things and then these other things. He combined the powers <laughs> to a new new power. But, yeah, but they 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 were they started doing all sorts of crazy stuff. Like they had like a marble kind of physics with like the um oh like the, Kirby's canvas curse, Kirby, Kirby's canvas curse, and then there's the epic yarn, mm-hmm. which is like they're all made out of yarn. It's, which remind me, I think that got a re-release on 3ds like uh, last weekend. That actually. looks really really cool. But like there's Epic Yarn. The Epic Yarn music. You played some Epic Yarn music on the show before, and it's really, really good. And for good reason. Yeah. It's straight up Epic. Super good. All right, so I'm going to turn this track down because we're going to get into the part of the show we call the bonus round. Bonus round. Now, normally on the bonus round, we play covers and remixes based on our theme, but this week we were able to get a hold of Lame Genie um, right before their band practice. So I thought we would play some music from Lame Genie and then get them on the show and just kind of goof off with them for a bit because they are some, they're some funny guys. I like this idea. Let's do a bit of a gabba gabba hey with these gents. All right. So the first track we're going to play from them is called Koopa's Road from Super Mario 64. And this is by Lame Genie. And then right after that, we'll have a um, quick little interview with them and then we'll You'll hear our voices again. Um, we'll 
<laughs> we'll, we'll we might a, talk. We'll take it on home, and then uh, I'll make a cup of tea. Pernell might go home, play some games later. Yeah. Um, you might. I'm not sure what you're doing. Uh, you might be driving. Whoever. Yeah. Whatever you're doing, keep doing it. Make some popcorn. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Bask in the horror that is daylight savings but, time, taking our hour yeah, away. Yeah, but don't from let us. me don't don't let me tell you what to do. You know, you're in charge of your own life. You guys are awesome. Yeah, cool. All right, here we go. Thanks for um, spending some time with us. So we're I've, I've been kind of recording this whole time, so just I'm gonna edit it out whatever oh, I want. That's fine. Yeah, yeah, I don't care. Um, so yeah, welcome to. So uh, tell us your deepest, darkest <laughs> secrets. Well, be- no recording. Not recording anything. <laughs> it's all silent. Well, be- before we do that, why don't you? Um, I see there's three of you there. Why don't you introduce yourselves? What you guys do in the band, and maybe your favorite food. Uh, hi, I'm Kyle. I uh, play drums, and I uh, really enjoy tacos. Sweet. Mm-hmm. Hi, I'm Jeff. I play guitar, and my favorite food is sushi. Mm. Mm. I thought you were going to say tacos, too. <laughs> sushi tacos. <laughs> tacos are my favorite food! <laughs> <laughs> Only one hey, guys, my name is Mike, and, uh, you know, Crunchwrap Supremes, but besides Ooh. that, I really mm. like 
<laughs> garlic bread, he says. <laughs> Wait, garlic bread is a delic is a delicacy, yeah, man. man. Hey. It really is. Now, what is your favorite video game food? That's the hey, okay. that's the rub. Yeah, my my favorite would be the um like the 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 meat like the the whole turkey dinner that you find inside of trash cans in Streets of Rage. <laughs> oh yeah! Oh yeah! I, I like the uh, the, the turkey that you steal in Chrono Trigger. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> that's a that's a good good reference there. Go to, like the, go to jail for that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> the man's all you hit the portal quick. <laughs> I'm a big. Uh, I think Skip Sandwich from Earthbound is my favorite. Ooh. It always sounded like it was like delicious and quick. So. <laughs> so uh, tell me about tell us about Lame Genie. Like how long you guys been doing it? Like what 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 inspired you guys to start? to start doing this thing because when I when I was looking up other um, other cover bands I saw Lame Genie and I thought that was like one of the most unique names of all the bands that I've seen so far and I had to listen to you guys and I, I just fell in love with your music so oh, yeah, tell us a little bit about how you guys got started um well Jeff you can take this um well back around 2003 I recorded some uh what was it a cover of Alley Cat Blues from Turtles in Time. 2003 or 2013. Oh. 2013. Okay, you said three. Oh, I said three. <laughs> <laughs> You've been doing this a long time, <laughs> we're, all, we're all 60. You got <laughs> it was a swell time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Back in my day. <laughs> so, yeah, recorded that song, and then I did, I did a couple more, and then Mike hit me up asking if I want to do a band, so we decided to do so. And then... Um, we're having trouble coming up with a name, so Kyle just said "lame genie." We're like, "Yeah, screw it, that's it." Wait, seriously? So all the things, all the random passing thoughts you could have had in the year two thousand three, you made a game genie yeah. reference. Dude, there you go, uh, man. The thing is, it was a no contest because it was like we recorded the four video covers mm. and we had to put them up in a week. Oh. So then, uh, day five, it was like, "So we're putting this up tomorrow. What's the name gonna be?" Yeah. They just said lame Judy. And, it, and, and we, it, we all left. And it fits so well now because um, we're such an absurd band. You know, like everything we do is kind of stupid. <laughs> <laughs> the, the name fits way better than I could have ever okay. imagined. You know? Yeah, it's a good thing. It's a good thing that you mentioned that because one of my favorite songs that you've done is the the Tecmo Super Bowl theme, where the, the oh, yeah. lyrics are just football. Football, football. Yeah. <laughs> it kills me. It kills I, me. Honestly, down down the line. I eventually want us to be 10% music and 90% comedy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to inject some comedy into the music. Like, just the lyrics are going just, like, ridiculous songs, like, about yeah, the most bizarre aspects of a game. Yeah, we're just going to be playing Kirby with pies to the face. Lots of fruit being smashed. You play, mean, like, one of, one of the my favorite albums that we've ever done was our April Fool's Day album from 2017. Mm -hmm. It was the uh, the Killer Instinct song uh, <laughs> that was done ten times with different pop lyrics over it. So it was one of it's pretty awesome. See, I gotta say right now, just the fact that you guys are pretty much a video game cover comedy band. <laughs> yeah. As right. a niche that no one else I could think of <laughs> in the in the scene has filled. And you're good at it. So, oh, nice. uh, thank you. Come to think about it, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> like you are it. Come to think about it, we are billionaires. Um, so, <laughs> so you guys have seem to have a really good rapport. Then, have you guys been friends for a long time, or how did you guys find each other? Yeah, I've known Mike for 
13. Yeah, 15 years almost. I mean, we played in bands for I can't even remember how long, and I just, I've known Jeff for probably 8 to 10, just because yeah. we played in so many local bands, like, over the years, just hardcore and metal bands, and we've always kind of been in the same scene together, and yeah. then... Yeah, but we we didn't speak one word to each other no, until we formed the band. Yeah, yeah. It looks like you just like make eyes on the stage. There's like, this guy yeah, who just keeps looking stuff. at me at the bar. What is his deal? Yeah, this has been a rival since uh, 2003. Seriously, <laughs> <laughs> original music is always like that. You look at the other people that are good, and you're like, I hate them. <laughs> and then once you become There's the new stuff. hotness, it's like, look, we have to join forces here. Because the scene's getting a lot of control. No, it's like the podcast yeah, we're like, world. Let's do something as serious, like Lame Genie. That's what we say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that makes sense that you guys talk about like uh, you guys doing heavy metal and, and rock like that. Because the, the the drums specifically, you've always got like um, I hear double kicks a lot. I hear a lot of like really heavy, fast stuff, um, which is kind of cool. That that blends with like that the it's just not as I feel like the heavy rock that you do isn't as like it's not like um not it's not like death metal or like heavy heavy yeah metal yeah yeah it. I think I felt like um when we started the band I was never a metal drummer and I know there's a ton of cover bands out there that do like metal like just straight metal covers and oh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. never played like that and I didn't feel like that that that's been done like a thousand times you know mm -hmm. like how many times can you put double straight double bass over a Zelda cover you know. So, 20 yeah. times. Yeah. We can, yeah 20 times. <laughs> 21. <laughs> <laughs> so, I got to ask, so we're not, I thought, so for some reason, I don't even know why I'm thinking about this because Rob's more like the music y guy and I'm like the gamey type yeah, guy. Yeah, that's, that's so kind of how like, we work out here. It's <laughs> so like I was focused on the name Lame Genie, which now has me wondering, like, as far as like classic gaming goes, what would you say was your first console and game and like your favorite? Like peripheral, like whether it be a controller or that stupid vest for the Genesis, <laughs> you know, it could awesome. be anything. <laughs> I had these uh, for for regular Nintendo when I was a kid. I had the first wireless controllers. Oh, which, oh. which uh, they were like, oh man, they did oh. not. Dude, they were like, I had the they were like IR, weren't they? <laughs> yeah, they were IR. They were like blue, I think. They were like blue controllers, and it was like. I used it for like thirty seconds, and I just I just put it away. I think <laughs> like, that's it. Dude, I had the uh, <laughs> I had the Menacer in the Super Scope Six. Oh, nice! Oh, cool. For Sega and Super Nintendo, which at the time that was so sick. Oh, like you were the badass kid on the block. Yeah, dude, <laughs> except except they had no friends. But, like, oh, man. Now I'm sure if I went back and played it, it would just be terrible. Well, you, you, you didn't. <laughs> My guy comes to your house like, thanks for letting us in your house, Ned. No, some of the super, not his name. <laughs> some whatever, of the super whatever, scope whatever, games are cool. Safari. Some of the super scope <laughs> games are, are still pretty cool. And um and those are they? The, yeah, they are. Yoshi Safari. Yeah, Yoshi Safari. There's there's like a mech fighting one. I can't remember the metal. Wait, stuff. Yoshi had a super scope game. I didn't even know that. Yes, sir. Yoshi Safari. That's awesome. And, uh, Yoshi, Rampage. <laughs> Yoshi Rampage. Yoshi Rampage. <laughs> Destroy <laughs> the city. <laughs> find, <laughs> find the red Yoshi. Take the shot. Take the shot. <laughs> the revenge of Yoshi. <laughs> Mario sacrificed him for the last time. Oh my god. So was that question favorite peripherals for games? Yeah, yeah. Favorite peripherals are like... I think maybe... the only one that used that was weird was the power pad. Oh, oh power yeah. Pads. Mm. And track and field, dude. That was like I love that game. Yeah, once I weighed more than eighty pounds, it was kind of out of the question because the <laughs> game would break the second I took yeah. one step. 
And if you had two floors in your house and you were playing upstairs, it was oh, like... Oh, yeah. It's over. It all... Stop with the stomping! We <laughs> <laughs> ended up doing the thing like we used to do as kids. We eventually got tired of trying to run and we just got on the ground and like smashed it with oh, our yeah. palms. Oh, yeah. The cheat codes, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, the best thing was to uh, to, to, to do the, the long jump and you, you run, 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 and you jump off the pad. <laughs> and you like, wait a, you wait a minute and you jump back <laughs> on the pad and your guy like flew like four miles. <laughs> Dude, track and field is so good. Oh, I love and track what's, and field. What's that other one? Stadium events is worth like, that's like a really rare and expensive game nowadays, right? I seriously thought that he was about to reach out and go, ah, stadium events. Like, don't tell <laughs> people that. It. Don't tell people <laughs> that. I feel like I've seen that around, events. though. Look at Remember that. something else. No, I even remember one of my car alarms went off. <laughs> like, back, <laughs> like, back in the day, you might have seen stadium events at, like, say, West Coast <laughs> Video or something, but... After the basically once video stores get cleared out, all right, I'm gonna to I go kinda Google image this thing. I, I swear I saw something like that at an antique store in Philly. And oh, like, that you might have seen. And if uh, you did, and I, and and you, I just walked past it, you might want to go back and get it because <laughs> go get it. people were paying crazy money. Some for hipsters that gonna cart. buy it and like you know make a, like a dumb phone out of it or something. Have avocado <laughs> they're gonna on cut it. it up. They're gonna gut the game. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> I swear. Like it always messes with me too because. I have a lot of video games. I've bought tons of games growing up, and I didn't really get rid of almost any of it. And yet, I hear about these games that ultimately end up making it. The ones that are successful worth ridiculous amounts of money. Mm. Now, I look back at my shelf and go, why can't you guys do that? What is yeah. wrong with you? <laughs> hey, Wizards and Warriors, why aren't you worth more than five bucks? You know? <laughs> yeah, you're a good game. People liked you. What's the deal? What was, the, what was the second Wizards Warriors? It was uh, Iron, Sword. Iron Sword. Iron Sword with Wait, Fabio the, on the yeah. yeah, and then they open the game up and play. He looks nothing like Fabio. He's just a no, with eyeballs popping out. He looked like a marionette doll, like jumping around. Yeah, I think it was, it was such cool. a weird but awesome game. Yeah, I don't know why I, I played that so much. Games, man. Whenever I think of Fabio, I just think of him getting hit in the face with a bird. Hey, man, if that happened in the game, he's just dodging birds. That's what Iron, Iron Sword is just. Fabio on a roller coaster. <laughs> it's so bad. Every time I laugh about that, because it's gotta be like terrifying. But then, like every time I see that clip, he's just like, "Oh, <laughs> my beautiful yeah, so face, that, that looks bad. dude, it looks really bad, brutal." I can't imagine a beak to the face oh. going fast. Yeah, I know. But if you're Fabio, it's comedy. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm pretty sure he gave it to that bird just as much as the bird gave it to him. Though he didn't go down like a chump. The bird. That's true. The bird oh, I can see the bird flying towards him, asking yeah. himself, like, "Yo, is that Fabio?" And then it just <laughs> <laughs> I'm oh. walking my own. Oh crap! <laughs> it's like limping, <laughs> like busting. Imagine me. witnessing that though. Mm, With the sound, just <laughs> sitting next to Fabio. <laughs> Oh, that would be a great photo on like the on like the descent when they catch it with the camera. Like the guy's looking over. Oh yeah, oh, crap. about that, right? Dude, your <laughs> face is bleeding. <laughs> My beautiful face. Oh man, that should have been the cover of Iron Sword. <laughs> <laughs> His face holding. Ah! Yeah, Fabio with a bloody face with bird guts all over it. Yeah. Honestly, you gotta admit that would have sold copies though. A lot of oh, yeah. copies. Oh yeah. <laughs> a realistic uh, uh, roller coaster simulation, <laughs> or just a <laughs> brutalizer. <laughs> brutalizer. I wonder if that's a stage in the game. In the I'm gonna ride the Fabio. Wait, that's weird. All right, um, the first person shooter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not bird, while I'm drinking. From the bird's, the bird's perspective, <laughs> the um. Why? <laughs> so, so what are some like uh, some venues that you guys have played? Like, what have been like some of your favorite like favorite shows that you guys have done? Or that you want, uh, that you want to go back to? Yeah, the, uh, the I think the Palladium in Worcester. We played with Galactic Empire and nice. uh, Max Sabbath, 
of maybe oh, yeah. was it a year ago? I always I loved yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, Max Sabbath is like the best name. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, you've never heard Max Sabbath? Oh, they play uh, Max Sab- uh, Black Sabbath covers, but all the lyrics are about McDonald's. <laughs> I'm not supposed to say, I've heard of them, <laughs> but I've never heard them. Like, yeah, they, just... they dress in all McDonald's costumes, like Grimace and stuff like that. It's pretty crazy. Oh, well, yeah, dude, yeah. it's funny because when I was a kid, a small dream of mine was just to play the Palladium, and this band <laughs> that plays Black Sabbath... <laughs> But with McDonald's theme, sold out the Palladium. <laughs> and they sold like thirty grand in merch. Yeah, oh my god! Cool. And I was like, "Well, mom, I made it." <laughs> Playing video game songs, opening up for this McDonald's band. Well, I mean, there's, there's oddly something to be said about that. Like, there's a charm to that kind of thing, like Max oh, yeah, Sabbath, yeah. Oakley Dokley. Yeah, I Oakley-Dokley. still want to see those oh, yeah. crazy people live. Yeah. Oh yeah, they're great. You've seen them. <laughs> Yeah, Mike, yeah, Mike, you saw them a bunch of times, yeah, right? Yeah, I saw them. Didn't you play with them? Yeah, I, pl- I played with them, like, a year and a half ago. It was <laughs> uh, sweet. Oh, my God, yeah. I've been, the moment <laughs> someone... The dream is to see these guys and have a freaking good time. Um, yeah. And then mm-hmm. there's also that one band that I don't think travels anymore. That was like the Japanese group that's like based off of like Kaiju Monsters or something. Oh, that'd be awesome. Kaiju Big Battle? <laughs> Kaiju Big oh. Battle was like the uh, just like a general event, but this was like a band band. Uh, no, P Lander, P Lander Z, P Lander. We've done before. We're playing with them in like a, a month. Yeah. We're oh, playing for with real. Uh, costuming. You guys got to get into costuming, right? Like on stage. That's what uh, that's 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 what people say, right? That's like I think that's the next step, but it's like where I almost don't want to do it because I don't want to take away from uh, live. We have this. We have like a video announcer so we don't speak to anybody live we mm. have a guy that we yeah. created that speaks for us Ooh. on video well i mean yeah, you can so still, like, I'm, I'm sorry i'm about to say you can still technically maintain what you do as far as like you know humorous game music by making the costumes related to what you're doing like you could be like hey very again like somebody can actually dress up like a game genie or something i don't know how you would do <laughs> I, it, we but... should just make the costumes really terrible i think that would be funny. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> bunch of soda can soda boxes yeah, like taped together the uh, worst costumes we can think of dorito man Barbies, right <laughs> coming in a, um, a cloak of magic cards <laughs> that'd be pretty cool <laughs> yeah of course we can all do. dress like things where it doesn't look like we're dressing like something. Like, I'll dress like Drew Carey. <laughs> <laughs> Another guy could be Andy. One of you could be Andy Richter. Because you'll have to guess who I am. <laughs> it's like, who are these guys? About the no, I'll be Mimi. Mimi Bobek from yeah. the Drew Carey show. Yeah, why does the drummer uh, look like Jerry Seinfeld? <laughs> Let's all dress like Drew Carey. Show. <laughs> the Drew Carey band. I'll be the blue band. You can have your announcer intentionally misannounce you for that first time. Like the Drew Carey band live on stage. It's like they just got to start playing the opening to like the Drew Carey show. Mood over me tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Well, um, it looks like things are starting to, internet's starting to cut out a little bit out here for some crazy reason, probably because of the wind. But so we're going to have to have to cut you guys short and say goodbye. Thanks for spending the time, you know, before your band practice and uh, hanging out with us and goofing off that's what we what we do for the record if you do end up at tmg definitely i mean hopefully i'll just we'll just see it from your page anyway but let us know because we're likely going to be there anyway we're gonna be there anyway we totally want to catch up if uh hey and if you can reach out to paul and be like hey lame genie sent you like a thousand emails (laughs) (laughs) we'll start sending him a thousand emails too (laughs) i can definitely do that 
right. Too many emails. Oh! oh. oh. Right. <laughs> this is a good time to leave. I think so. <laughs> have, have a good, good practice. Night, guys. Good night, guys. Thanks. Thank you. Well, thank you for joining us on episode 17-5 of Rhythm and Pixels, our magical adventure with Lame Genie. I would say it was quite the magical trek. We've had Desperados relaxing. We had sky-high pathways sprinting, cars <laughs> accelerating, and not getting their time extensions, and more. It was a fantastic journey that we I enjoyed sharing with friends and friend. It's just been good. good. Yeah, it was really fun hanging out with Liam Genie. They are a hilarious bunch of guys. <laughs> like, they clearly <laughs> love what they're doing, and they're really good at it. And I, I honestly, I hope they run with that label of the freaking like comedy band. Yeah, because it's again that is solely that is exclusively them at this point. I don't know if I don't know if I kept it in the um, in the in the record, but they they were talking about dressing up as all of them dressing up as Drew Carey, and it would be <laughs> Lame Genie and the Drew Careys. So that would be so funny. I would I would I'd go see them. Oh man, we had a little bit of internet issues there towards the end, but oh man, that was so funny. Um, so yeah, if you want to contact us. Send us an email. Rhythmandpixels at hotmail.com. Um, if you want to know more about the show and a full track listing of all the episodes and access to all the episodes, go to the website. Rhythmandpixels.com. And if you want to see us on social media, like the Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, all those places, it's Rhythm and Pixels, all one word, or just, just type it in, you'll, you'll find us. And um, if you'd like to support the show, you know, just go ahead and just tell people or share it wherever you are at if it's on facebook or twitter just sharing it's a huge huge help please do please do and um if you'd like to support the show in other ways go to patreon.com slash rhythm and pixels and you can um, send us a little money and that's always really really helpful that helps us keep the show going helps us keep our live streams going um we we do a live stream recording for um patreon members every month and we like to thank all of our patreon members every month so i would like to thank thank first that Nick Walker. Walker! I want to thank the messenger, Alex the messenger. Messenger, messenger. I want to thank Steve Miller. Miller Band! The autistic gamer. He's a cool dude. Cool dude. Cameron Worma. Very cool dude. Big cool can of worms. I want to thank Christopher Sendstrom. I like that guy. I want to thank Damian Beckles. G Beckles G. I want to thank Bobby Arson of the band The One Up Funk. Um, and, he, that and he wants you to know that you can check him out on Instagram at the number one upfunk. <laughs> upfunk. That name is good. <laughs> he's got a lot of big stuff coming uh, coming out right now. He's got a lot of tracks. He's got some YouTube stuff. But yeah, go check him out on Instagram. He's Actually, got, something just kind of clicked for me. What's that? He isn't a band. He isn't a band. Oh, we should have him on the show. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Hear that, Bobby? We're calling you out. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, oh, Wicked Sephiroth. Thank you, Wicked Sephiroth. Wicked Sephiroth. Okay, Impala. My car namesake. Um, Carlos from the Heroes 3 podcast. What's up? Uh, Henrik Anderson of the Camouflage Commodore 64 podcast. This man found a band called the Vaughn Brothers, and I am kind oh, of enamored right now. <laughs> Love it. I want to thank Michael Bridgewater from the Forever Sound Version podcast, which you should definitely listen to last week's episode, which we just talk about tea. T-Bro. He is awesome, and being on his show was an absolute joy. Oh, so, so much fun. Um, yeah, we, we, we love you, Michael. Uh, I want to thank Brian Pitt. 
the man of the hour, Brian Pitt. Oh, Kirby. I also want to thank Morton Gangso. Good choices in those tracks from the other week, man. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Chris Murray. Of the Chris Murray Sound Spectacular. <laughs> right. Uh, Jupiter Jazz of the Jupiter Jazz Magical Sound Shower. Hopefully, we, I think she's one of the few people that is a Patreon member that we've actually never communicated with. Send us a message or something on the tweets. Yeah, we love to, we'll love to wave hi to you sometime. I want to thank Solus Sanctuary. Our buddy, Witchy. Uh, John Jekyll. Jekyll Jingleheimer Schmidt. Uh, Joe Vasalo. Vasalo. Chris Steenerson. I love that guy. He's all about the good platformers. Yeah, he is. And David, a.k.a. Daniel Smith. <laughs> <laughs> One day. One, One day. I'll get it right. Um, so thank you all so much for your continued support of the show. Um, we do super appreciate it. Next week, we have a composer focus, which I'm excited to do. Mm-hmm. It's, a long, it's been a long time coming it's for that a, guy. Long time, long time in the works. And then we have some more guests after that, which we're really excited about. So be get your ears ready. <laughs> don't turn, don't change that dial. Don't change that dial. But anyway, thank you all for listening. This is the Rhythm and Pixels video game music podcast. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Fresnel. Thanks for listening. Have a great week. And remember... We're all human, right? Humanity in the jazz. And no one is perfect. Well, you're a human. I am human. You're no lizard, man, and you are no robot, sir. (laughs) None of us are perfect either, you know? We all make mistakes. We do stupid stuff. That's what people do. That's how we grow as human beings. We learn, we develop, so on and so forth. And even develop helps us determine what sort of people we are in the future related to other situations, a similar situation that other people go through. However, a large part of that is being able to accept and own up to things that you have done that may not necessarily be great. Not saying just sit down one day and go, here are all the 95 things I did. But, I mean, be truthful about it. If someone calls you out, yes, you did it. Own up to it. Accept mm-hmm. whatever consequences may come of it. Because in the end, if you are truly more, if you're truly remorseful and you are truly content, oh, accepting of the fact that it's time to you know, pay the piper and fess up, you can only become a better person for it in the end, as long as you legitimately take in what you are experiencing and what the consequences of your actions are. Does it mean you'll be forgiven? Not necessarily. Does it mean that everyone's got to just be cool with it? No, they don't. But one thing's for sure, it sure beats holding it in hmm. and letting it eat away at you because that mess just ain't worth it. Be you, be true, be yourself. And just accept that you are who you are and everything that comes with it, and you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. That's the rat. <laughs>